ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر امور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد الحمد لله we continue going over the tremendous book by the fadilat al-shaykh al-imam imam bin baz rahimahullah ta'ala the book which is entitled durus al-muhimma li'amati al-umma the important lessons for the common muslim we are still on the section inside of the sharh the explanation of this tremendous book by the fadilat al-shaykh sheikh abdul razaq bin sheikh abdul muhsin al-abad al-badr hafizhumullah ta'ala we are still on the section dealing with the the shuroot the conditions of la ilaha illallah these conditions are very important because if they are not established then that which they are conditioned for will not take effect so for an example so we can draw a correlation between the establishment of a condition and the establishment of that which is, is it is a condition for is that the salah the salah has prerequisites it has conditions if those conditions are not met then the salah is not established so for example if an individual comes with the salah but he doesn't have wudu then his salah doesn't count right um if he comes with the salah but the time for that particular prayer has not entered then that salah does not count so on and so forth naam so it is incumbent for a thing to be established that the, that the conditions for it are established right this is a comment now there's some details as relates to the establishment of a condition um and the establishment of that which is, it is a condition too there's some details as relates to it that we don't want to get into it right now so as to not to confuse the conversation right but in general we know that if the conditions for the prayer are missing then the prayer will not be established you can't establish it even if you do it it doesn't count 
right? So if the conditions for la ilaha illallah are not established, then what? It doesn't count. It doesn't count. Okay? Now, all of the conditions have to be established. All of them, without exception. To remember what the conditions are, Imam bin Baz, rahimahullah ta'ala, he brought two lines of poetry that contain all of the conditions. He brought two lines of poetry that contain all of the conditions. And those conditions, they are eight in total. The two lines of poetry which contain them all are ilmun yaqeenun wa ikhlasun wa sidquka ma'a mahabbatin wa qiyadin wa qubulu laha wa zida thaminuha al-kufranu minka bima siwa al-ilaa min al-ashaqad ulliha Knowledge, certainty, sincerity, and your truthfulness coupled with love, compliance, and acceptance for it. And an eighth is added to it, which is a disbelief which emanates from you for everything other than Allah that has been taken as an object of worship. So everything other than Allah that is worship, then we disbelieve in, in the legitimacy of the worship of that thing. Inshallah ta'ala, we'll come more in, uh, to that and deal with that when we come to that, uh, that condition. ta'ala. As a review, we have covered the first condition, which is knowledge. And it's the type of knowledge that negates jahan. The type of knowledge that negates ignorance. And we have covered the second condition, which is al-yaqeen. And yaqeen, certainty, is a type of certainty that negates doubt. The type of certainty that negates doubt. Shaykh Abdul Razak, Ta'ala, he mentions that certainty, al-yaqeen, huwa tamamul ilm. That certainty is the completion of knowledge. That a person he has complete knowledge, and thus makes and he's sure, he's certain. He, he, he there's no ambiguity. He doesn't doubt it, but he's certain about it. That we have to be certain. So we have to one. We have to have knowledge in the proper meaning of La Ilaha Illallah. We have to know what it points to. We have to know what are the prerequisites of it. We have to know what are the pillars of it. Naam. This is incumbent that we know, and we, and we know in such a manner that it negates it negates ignorance. Whether that ignorance be the ignorance that is basit, the simple ignorance, and in, in it that a person just doesn't know, and it must also negate jahl and murakab, that compounded ignorance when a person doesn't know, and he doesn't know that he doesn't know. This is compounded ignorance. That a person knows something based upon other than its reality. So he has incorrect information about it. And they base their, and they base their knowledge on that, that misinformation. So this equates to jahl because it is wrong. Because knowledge is idraku shay ala ma huwa ala ma huwa alayhi idrakan jaziman. It is to know something upon its true reality with decisive knowledge. This is what knowledge is, that we know something upon its reality in it decisively. No doubt about it, we know this is what it is. Ma'am? But, give me an example of yeah, I need to know something upon its reality. Is that if I were to hold this up right here, and for those who are not here, I'm holding up a mobile device. If I were to hold this up, you say this is a cell phone. Man, we know that this is we, we have knowledge in this upon its reality because it's a cell phone. It's not a pager, right? It's not a calculator, although it has an app in it for that. <laughs> right? But, yeah, you know, it's in of it. It's not a motor, it's not an engine, it's not, yeah. It's a cell phone. And we know this is a cell phone. Do we have any doubt in that? No, we know decisively that's a cell phone. 
Right? That's his cell phone. But so we have knowledge. We have knowledge about its reality decisively. Now, now if we were to say that this cell phone was, uh, I don't know, a fan, right? Then this is Jahal Murakka. Because we have information about it other than its reality. It's false, it's misinformation. So that's Jahal, it's ignorance, compounded. Or we held it up and they say, what is this? And they say, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Then we have Jahan Basit, because we don't know what it is. Jahan Basit. Now, any people in the world don't know what cell phone is. Perhaps some, some people living in the Amazon, away from modern society, you come upon them, they never see nobody look like you, know what you're carrying. Right? Cell phone included. So they, they wouldn't know. They was, I don't know what that is. What is that? Okay? So the knowledge that we have for La ilaha illallah, it has to be built upon sound information. And that sound information is Qala Allah, Qala Rasulullah, Qala Sahaba. Allah said, the Prophet said, the Sahaba said, Naam, Ma'anifatu Shay Biddaleen, that we know something with his proofs and his evidences. And we have to know that in a manner that is certain. Right? But see, this is how it works with the conditions of La ilaha illallah is that they're all interconnected and we need them all. So if a person has established the first one, he has knowledge of it, right? The correct knowledge. And he has established the second one. He's certain about it. Then he, he, he must also establish the rest of them, but in particular, what the third in which we come to, which is the, uh, what we're going to begin with tonight, and that is Al-Ikhlas. He has to have, be sincere. Now, you see, it's not enough to know the proper meaning. Because if a person were to say, are the kuffar out there who know the proper meaning of la ilaha illallah? Then the answer will be, wallahu a'la wa a'lam. Naam, yes. There are people out there, perhaps there's a professor, Middle Eastern Studies, professor of comparative religion, so on and so forth. Kafir, right? it could be Catholic, Buddhist, whatever. Yeah? Agnostic, whatever the case is. But he may have studied, he may have read a book that contain the proper meaning for la ilaha illallah. So he knows what the meaning is, right? And he can know that decisively. He knows, well, this is the correct meaning because based upon the Islamic textual proofs, this is what points to what the meaning is. He may know that, right? And he may be certain that that's what it means. He may be certain. He may come and make, you know, like I said, comparative religion. He may come and say, well, some some of the Sunnis say this, and some of the other ones say that, and some of them say this, but what's correct and more textually accurate is this. He may know that, he may be certain about, this is what it means, right? And in his class, he may say it. In his class, he may say, La ilaha illallah, when he's teaching the people, right? But if... He's not sincere when he says that, meaning if he's not saying that sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, seeking the pleasure of Allah, it don't count. If he says it, but he doesn't accept it, he doesn't accept what it points to, he doesn't believe in it, meaning he doesn't accept that belief in his heart, it don't count. Even though he knows what it means, he's certain about what it means, but he doesn't, he doesn't accept it, he doesn't say it sincerely. Right? He doesn't love it. Right? He does, he's not in compliance to it. Right? So on and so forth with the other conditions. If he doesn't bring all the conditions, it doesn't benefit him. Doesn't benefit him. So if an individual says, La ilaha illallah, but he doesn't say it sincerely, he can know what it means, he can be certain about the meaning. But if he does not say it or if she does not say it sincerely for Allah, this is what it means here, ikhlas, that they say it sincerely for Allah, seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it will not count. It will not count for that person. Naam. The Shaykh he mentions, he says, that thirdly, from its conditions, ikhlas, al-munafi, al-shirk, wal-riyah, is that it is sincerity which negates shirk, it negates the associating of partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it negates showing off. It negates showing off. Kama qala ta'ala, as Allah ta'ala, he says, 
وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ And they were not commanded except to worship Allah alone, making all of their religion sincerely unto Him. Naam, Surah Al-Bayyina, verse number 5. We have to, all of our religion, all the totality of our religion has to be sincerely unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, at the, at the head of that, the head of the deen is the what? The shahada. How a person become Muslim? First and foremost by saying, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. So all of our religion, from the beginning to the end, all of it must be sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala, He teaches us this clearly inside the Qur'an that everyone can no one understand as, as we find here in this verse and also Allah Ta'ala He says in Surah Az-Zumar verse number 3 قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى أَلَا لِلَّهِ الْخَالِصِ Does it not except belong to Allah all of the religion and necessarily for Him? نَعَمْ بَلَا بَلَا Naam, it belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of the religions sincerely unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing else is accepted. So, remember, we want to make a summary of the proofs and the evidences. Naam, one ayah, one hadith. These are the ayat that you can choose from. As relates to the hadith, وفي sahih. عن نبينا صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه قال أسعد الناس بشفاعة يوم القيامة من قال لا إله إلا الله خالصا من قلبه The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said that the, the happiest of the people with my intercession who will be granted my intercession on the day of judgment will be the one who says, La ilaha illallah. Did the Prophet ﷺ stop there? Those who just say, La ilaha illallah. No, but he would only say what? Khaliswan. They say it sincerely. Khaliswan. Sincerely, from his heart. So the Prophet ﷺ, he stipulated ikhlas, that it has to be sincere. It has to be sincere for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أَن تَكُونَ نَابِعَةً مِنْ قَلْبٍ أَوْ مِنْ قَلْبٍ مُخْلِصٍ لِلَّهِ It has to, it has to be said from a heart. How do you say that the ikhlas, yani, that 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 the uh, the origin place of the uh, of, of the ikhlas, it must emanate naam with ikhlas that emanates from a person's heart. That a person he says la ilaha illallah with sincerity that emanates from his heart. This is this is this is where this is where it is. That he's saying it sincerely. Walam yurid bihadhi al-kalima bi'amal al-din illallah, and he does not intend by way of this kalima, huh? Nor with the actions of the religion Except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Khaliusan He says it sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala This is the only way that it will benefit an individual Naam As Allah ta'ala he says in the aforementioned ayah Does it not accept belong to Allah All of the religion truly sincerely for him only Naam Al-Khalis Al-Khalis, right? Sincere. The meaning of it, I'm something that is pure, something, uh, something that is pure, unadulterated. is pure, unadulterated. Right? You'll say that, like, for example, the honey, the, the asal is swafi, the, the, the honey is pure, it's unadulterated, it has no foreign objects in it. It's honey that has gone through the process of removing the, yani the, the, the impurities and the uh, foreign elements from it. It's purified, it's pure. Right? So you say, this honey is swafi, there's nothing in it but honey, it's just honey. Naam? So khalis, 
that he has to do it sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's unadulterated. There is no impurities in it. There is nothing that is mixed therein. Now the Shaykh he says, There is not any anything that will adulterate it. Yani a shirkin there is no there is no shirk a person doesn't say it associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he says it he doesn't say it showing off and that which is similar to it now give an example a real life example we may have heard of or even known of individuals in this predicament right and of course, we're speaking about what is vahir. We don't know what's inside of a person's heart. Allah knows what's in their heart. But, how many individuals have taken their shahada just to marry a woman? Right? We may have heard of situations like this. person takes a shahada just to marry a woman. Now, we're saying that based upon what is apparent. What's in the person's heart, Allahu A'lam. Again, we're talking in general, not about anybody specific. But there have been individuals who have been known to take the shahada. They get married. And then after that, you really don't see any traces of Islam upon the person. Individuals, for example, who still will take, or, again, they take their mother to church on Mother's Day. Right? No traces of Islam upon a person. No trace of Islam upon a person. To the point where people ask, is he even Muslim? And the response is, well, he took his shahada, yani, before they got married. Right? And that's all we know. And that's it. Naam. Conceptually now, dealing with the concept, if an individual took his shahada just to marry a sister, or a woman took her shahada just to marry a man, would that shahada count for them? No. Because they didn't do it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They did it for what? To marry somebody. Right? Just like, give you another example, the hypocrites. The hypocrites, they took shahada, why? So they can hold on to their wealth. Some of them took shahada so that they won't be fought against. They can hold on to their dunya. So they took just shahada seeking what? Uh, by way of the kalima to hold on to the dunya, to gain some dunya. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't uh, say it, uh, since, uh, they didn't say it sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even though they were, yani, they, they may have known the meaning. Yeah, they may have known what it means inside and out, certain about, yes, this is exactly what it means, and so on and so forth. But their main objective in taking their shahada was to hold on to their wealth, to hold on to their status, to hold on to their, yani, their, their leadership, or whatever the case is, but to hold on to something of the dunya. That's all they cared about. They didn't care about none of, anything outside of that. Why? Because they didn't believe in it. They didn't believe in it. For them, it was just a means toward an end. That was it. So, would, that, would a shahada benefit a, such an individual? No, will not benefit. Not at all. Naam. So it is incumbent and it is a must that we know that what? That it is, it is a must that we are sincere. That we say the shahada sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. We're not seeking in it to show off. We're not seeking in it any type of worldly gain or anything of that nature. And we're not yani, uh, yani, uh, associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while we saying the shahada. Because that will what negate what the shahada points to. We're saying the shahada, and then we turn around and pray to this thing and that thing and this person and that personality and so on and so forth. This will negate the meaning of the shahada and that which it points to. So then it's not going to count. It's not going to count. Naam. But the shaykh goes on and he says, وَفِي مَعْنَى And with regards to the meaning of um, sincerity or solely inside of the language then reflect over the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa inna lakum fil an'ami that verily you have for you inside of the of, 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 of the of the animals a lesson 
a lesson. Naam. Nusqiqum mimma fi butuni. We give you drink from that which is in its stomach. Min bayna faruthin wa damin labnan khalisan sa'igan lisharibin that we give you from that which emanates uh, from his stomach that which yani, emanates from the stomach from between the uh, what do you say the, uh, yani, it, it travels yani, between the excrement and the blood and it comes out pure milk it comes out pure pure milk right so if you want to understand the concept of purity then look at purity as relates here as relates to the milk when the milk when we when when when, when the milk leaves the the uh, the udder right does that milk have any any type of blood any blood in that milk no any type of excrement or any uh, other thing in that milk? Not at all, right? Any type of excretions or anything inside of that milk? Not at all. It comes out pure milk that is palatable for those who drink it. Pure milk that is palatable, and we can drink it. It's, uh, it's suitable for human consumption, contrary to what the... Uh, Food and Drug Administration will have you believe about unpasteurized milk. <laughs> right? It's suitable for human consumption. It's pure. So this gives us a good understanding of the concept that it's pure. There's nothing in it. There's no milk in it. I mean, there's no, excuse me, there's no, there's no blood inside the milk. There's no excretions inside the milk. It's milk. Right? Pure milk. Pure milk. So when we say La ilaha illallah, it has to be khalisan, eh? Safiyan, naqiyan. It has to be pure, unadulterated, nothing mixed with it. Laysafihi sha'iba. It has in it no foreign elements, just like that milk. It's, 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 it's pure, no foreign elements are contained therein. From blood, nor from any type of excretions and the like, and excrement and the like, none of that is there. Pure milk. Even though the milk it comes it comes out yani, from between the uh, yani, excretions and it comes out between the blood, it comes out pure. But I can it comes out with the epitome of of, of, of pureness, of clean of clean of cleanness and pureness. It comes out with no foreign elements in it. No foreign elements in it. Just milk. Just milk. So 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 ikhlas, which is translated as a lot of times it's sincerity, right? Uh, but we also understand when we hear the explanation what purity as well, right? Something that is pure. It, it, there's no contaminants, it, 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 it's not mixed, right? So when it comes to, we say, having this concept, having this, this ikhlas, that, that, that the ibadah is purely, solely, only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's only for Allah, Rabbil Alameen. The Lord of all that exists. And zakun al ibadah, swafiyan, naqiyan, that our worship has to be pure. No outside elements or agendas mixed in while we worshiping. It's for Allah and Allah only. Fi sabilillah, in the way of Allah, only for Allah, seeking the pleasure of Allah, seeking the face of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Lam yurad. Biha, or lam biha. A person he does not intend, or it is not intended with it, illallah, except for Allah Azza wa Jal. 
فَإِذَا جُعِلَ مَعَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَالٍ غَيْرُهُ فِي الْعِبَادَةِ خُرَجَتْ عَنْ هَذِهِ الصَّفَاءِ So if other than Allah is intended with this worship, then it goes away from this purity. It loses this purity. وَالنَّقَاءِ It loses this, this lack of contamination. فَلَا تُقْبَلُ So thus is not accepted. Thus is not accepted. And the, and, and, and the proof of this uh, is, is, is Allah Ta'ala's statement as it comes in the hadith that is Qudsi where Allah Ta'ala he says أَنَا أَغْنَى شُرُكَائِي عَنِ الشِّرْكِ مَنْ عَمِنَا عَمَلًا أَشْرَكَ فِيهِ مَعِي غَيْنِي تَرَقْتُهُ وَالشِّرْكَ Allah Ta'ala he says that I am the one who is most independent not in need of any associates so whoever does an action and associates with me in that action other than me, then I have left him and that which he has associated. Naam, then I have left him and that which he has associated as a partner with me. Naam. In this hadith, Akhrajuhu Muslim. And the aforementioned hadith, the aforementioned hadith, this particular hadith that the most happy of the people with my intercession this hadith al-Bukhari and both of these narrations are on the authority of Abu Hurairah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu fal-ikhlaus mahallu wa manba'u al-qalb so ikhlaus the origin of it and that place in which it emanates from is the heart. And then it has, it says, وَلِهَذَا قَالَ الْمُصَنِّفِ رَحِيمُهُ اللَّهِ Then it has, and the author said, right? The author said, this is what it has next. This is what it has here in the Arabic. What does it say in the translation? Huh? So sincerity is places the heart. Then sincerely, sincerely from his heart. Right. And then, it, and then the, but the statement I'm looking for, it says, And for this reason, the author said. Does it have that? Hmm? So the author said, right? Right, that's a mistake. I want you to, this this is a mistake and see what happened. But a lot of these um, books by Sheikh Abdul Razak were actually classes that were transcribed. Were actually classes that were transcribed, right? Now, as relates to this particular book, I'm not 100% sure that this was the case, but this seems like it was the case. It seems like it was the case, right? And, uh, you know, uh, predominantly, it comes to my mind, this was the case. Because here, this was a slip of the tongue. He says, That the author said, this was a slip of the tongue. And this was a this was a, a printing mistake, a slip of the tongue, or a, a mistake in the print, right? Now because I, I I didn't you know I didn't hear the the, the class if this in fact was the case I can't say which of the two it was but it was either the probabilities a slip of the tongue or this was a mistake of the publisher, right? A mistake that the translator did not catch. And this is why it's very important, one, to learn Arabic, right? One, to learn Arabic so we don't have to rely on translators. But two, also to realize that we can't take our knowledge from books. Books help us in gaining knowledge, no doubt. But we cannot take our knowledge solely from books, but we have to connect with the ulama. Right? We have to connect with the ulama. Because the students who are in class, wallahu a'la wa a'lam, right? And I'm saying this because they're better than me. If I caught it and picked up on it and, and realized that's a, that, that was a slip of the tongue, that's not what he really meant, then I know they caught it. 
and I've sat in class with those brothers many years, uh, uh, not for many, many times I should say. I sat in class with those brothers many times over the years, and those students generally are very sharp, they're very smart and intelligent individuals. So they sat there and they said, in fact, was a class that was said that I know they understood the meaning. Why? Because the phrase in which is mentioned is from the hadith. This statement, sincerely from his heart, is from where? It's from the hadith of Abu Huraira. It's not from the statement of the author. That's a statement of the Prophet Right? Going back to the hadith, what? As'adun nas bishifa'ati yawm al-qiyama man qala la ilaha illallah And what the shahid is what? Khalisan min qalbi Sincerely from his heart, that the most that the happiest of the people on the day of judgment, then there are those who they, with, with with my intercession will be those who say La ilaha illallah. Sincerely from his heart. That's a statement of who? The Prophet is not the statement of Imam bin Baz. Imam bin Baz is the author. But the owner of the statement is who? The Prophet. So this is a mistake. In either the publisher from the printing mistake or a slip of the tongue, right? And and the sheikh is excused from this because I mean you know we make slips of the tongues all the time. You, you understand what I'm saying? We make we make slip of the tongue all the time. And but 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 when you're in the conversation, it is known what is intended, right? Anybody who talked to me, you know, I make slip of the tongue all the time. I say, you know, okay, that's not what you mean. Because you did like two seconds before that, you said the opposite. So I know you meant to say this, but then you said that. Or what, you were talking too fast and you ate some words, you ate some letters and, you know, so it didn't come out right, but I get it. You missed a couple words in there. Right? We all do it, correct? Yeah? So anyway, this is just, Danny, again, another example was point you, and, and this is really, Danny, the things I want, I want, I want to draw, you know, really to, 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 to draw home is that what? The importance of learning the Arabic language, separating yourselves from the translators and translations, right? It's very important. Two, you cannot take your knowledge from books only, right? You must utilize books as a tool. They're an aid, they're a source, they're a resource in seeking knowledge. But that, that's, that's, that's not the, the whole of the affair. You just use them as a resource, a tool, it helps you, an aid. But you have to take your knowledge from the ulama. You have to take your knowledge from the ulama. Because from the benefits of taking your knowledge from the ulama is that you will be of those who are memorizing the Quran and memorizing what? The hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And when you're memorizing and going through the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu and paying attention, when the likes of these things come up, you will know. Khalis oh, that's, that's from the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu That's from the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu So you will know. No, that's, that's not a statement of Imam bin Ba'ath. That's a statement of the Prophet Sallallahu The hadith the hadith's right there. Is it not? A couple page, a page before, a couple, I mean, how many pages before is the hadith in, inside the translation? Huh? Page before it, right? All right, it's right there. It's not, you know, it's not rocket science, right? <laughs> okay. But it stresses the importance of memorizing. You have to memorize, right? You have to memorize because just like books are a tool that aid us in the seeking of knowledge, memorizing is a tool that aids us in the seeking of knowledge. Because the goal, the goal of seeking knowledge is to implement, right? In order to implement correctly, you have to what, understand. So what helps you, what, what are those, some of those things that help you understand? Of course, books is going to help you understand, right? Arabic language helps you understand. Knowing the, you know, the usuls help you understand. Knowing the, you know, the rules and regulations, all this stuff, it helps you understand. Likewise, memorizing, it helps you and aids you to understand. Because you can memorize and contemplate. Right? Uh, it's easy to contemplate on something when you're walking around with it all the time because you memorize it. Alhamdulillah. Right? So memorizing, it helps you. It's not the goal. It helps you understand. Understanding is not the goal. The goal is to implement. The goal is implementation. You implement correctly, of course, when you gain the correct knowledge and understand that knowledge correctly, now you can do it right. 
But the goal is to do it. And this is very important. The goal is to do it, is to put this into practice. That is the goal. Not just to memorize, say, okay, I memorize. No, I mean, what that mean? Right? Donkeys can carry books. <laughs> Correct? But still a donkey at the end of the day. But it don't benefit them. Doesn't benefit them. So the goal is to do, is to is to implement. Right? The goal is to implement. Right? Now. And and and, and, and too, I don't want anyone to think that Yanni we are we're, we're poking at the the translator. No, it's an honest mistake. You translate and you translate what he saw. You know? It's an honest mistake. It's an honest mistake. So we're not we're not we're not uh, I don't want anyone to, to say, Oh man, he bashed that translator. No, nah, I mean I don't even know who translated the book, to be honest with you. So it's not it's not uh, a knock on the translator at all. It's not a knock on the translator. He translated, he translated what he saw. It's not a knock on him. It's not a knock on anybody involved. If it's a publishing mistake, man, these things happen. That's why you can't rely solely on books. These things happen, right? So anyway, the next point, the next condition, the fourth condition, the fourth link. من شروطها الصدق المنافي للكذب is truthfulness which negates lying right truthfulness which negates lying now when you can see this one and you compare it to sincerity you see the inner connection right you see the inner connection but when you reflect on the precision on how this was explained inside of the book in the Sunnah, you see the great care and attention that was put in so that the Muslims could know exactly what is needed to establish it, right? Because yes, you have to say sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but at the same time, it has to be yani, from Sidq that you have to truthfully believe it. Right? You have to truthfully believe it. And and, and, and and you see the connection. Because the person may come and they say, Well, isn't that kind of like taken care of if you say it sincerely? Maybe, but not necessarily. Right? Because a person may say it sincerely for Allah SWT, but he really don't believe it. Correctly? He don't he really don't believe it. Right? Meaning that they can say it and they mean it, but they don't believe it. So you still have to believe it. Right? I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. How many times a person will come and they'll tell you something? And you know it's wrong. You know it's wrong. Right? They'll come and they'll say, you know, uh, and they make a mistake or something. Right? Or they say something that was wrong or they did something that was wrong. And 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 and, uh, and they say, you know what? I really was trying to do the right thing, right? Now, did the person do the right thing? No. Are you co-signing what the person did? No. Do you agree what he did? No. But you may say, but you may tell him something like, I truly believe you believe that, right? I believe you believe that. Although. I totally disbelieve in, in, in the outcome of what you did. I don't, I don't agree with what you did in any which way, shape, or form. But I believe you believe that. You really thought you was doing the right thing, but, you, but I don't believe you did. Right? So your acknowledgement that he believed he was doing the right thing doesn't translate that you believe he did the right thing. You understand what I'm saying? So all aspects are taken care of and all doors are closed. So yes, you have to say it sincerely, no doubt. But you have to believe in what you're saying, no doubt. You have to say it only for Allah, but you have to believe in it. And you have to believe in what it points to. You have to believe in it, and you have to believe in what it points to. The type of belief that negates what? It negates lying. Naam? Bi'an. The Shaykh says, Bi'an yaqulaha sadiqan min qalbi. That he says it sincerely from his heart. He says it sincerely from his heart. He really believes it. I'm sorry, not sincerely from his heart. You see the, you see the slip in tongue? 
<laughs> we just been talking about that, right? First, he say he didn't mean sincerely because we clearly talking about truthfulness, right? But he says it truly believing it in his heart. He truly believes it in his heart. He truly believes it in his heart. Naam. طيب كما في الحديث like it comes in the hadith عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه قال as it comes in the hadith of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم that he said ما من أحد يشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمدا رسول الله صدقا من قلبه إلا حرمه الله عليه النار حديث صحيح من حديث أنس أخرجه البخاري ومصر حديث متفق عليه This authentic hadith narrated on authority of Anas collected by Al-Bukhari Muslim hadith agreed upon The Prophet sallallahu he said there is no one who, who testifies and bear witness that nothing has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah truthfully from his heart صدقاً Truthfully from his heart Except that Allah will make haram for that person the fire He make the fire haram upon that person Naam So the Prophet he stipulated and made a condition That he has to say it truthfully from his heart That the first person truly believes in it He truly believes in it Naam فيها أن يكون ما يقول بلسانه ينطوي عليه قلبه and truthfulness in it means that that which his tongue is saying it comprises his heart that his heart comprises from it that it emanates and it comes out from his heart and his heart يعني comprises this belief his heart comprises this belief نعم وَأَمَّا إِذَا كَانَ يَقُولُ بِلِسَانِهِ وَلَا يَعْتَقِدُ مَدْلُولَهَا بِقَلْبِهِ فَهُوَ الْمُنَافِقُ But if he says it with his tongue, but he doesn't believe in that which it points to, then this is a hypocrite. He says it with his tongue, but in his heart, he doesn't believe in it. Right? So again, he says it with his tongue, but in his heart, he doesn't believe in it. So this is a hypocrite. So the hadith you got, right? So for this section, you got your one hadith, right? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says about the hypocrites, uh, Allah ta'ala says about the hypocrites in Surah Al-Munafiqoon, in the first ayah, al-munafiqoon, when the hypocrites come to you, O, o, o Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Naam. Qalu, they say, Nashhadu They say, we testify that verily indeed you are the messenger of Allah. This is what the hypocrites, they say with their tongues. So did the hypocrites say the shahada? Yes. No, they said it. They said it. But did they believe in it? No. When they said it, did they say it truthfully? No. And Allah Ta'ala shows us this, how you have to say it truthfully in the ayah. But now, this is the exercise. I'm going to say the rest of the ayah. I want you to show me what part of the ayah shows us that you have to say it truthfully in order for it to benefit. Right? I'm going to say the rest of the ayah. But I want you to show me and to tell me, explain to me, what part of the ayah shows us that in order for us to benefit, it has to be said truthfully. Allah Ta'ala, He says, وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُهُ And Allah knows that verily indeed you are His Messenger. وَاللَّهُ يَشْهَدُ إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ لَكَاذِبُونَ But Allah testifies that verily the hypocrites are indeed liars. They are indeed liars. So which part of the which part of the ayah shows us that you have to be truthful when you say it? No, not when he testified against it. The hypocrites, yeah. Think simply. Think. You close, but what? It's very simple. It's a very simple answer. It's what the answer you say is right, it's right, it's right, it's right, right, right under your nose. 
Think of what we talking about. What we, what we looking for? The truthfulness, right? Okay, look in the ayah with that word in mind. Truthfulness. The first one. Huh? Ahsent. Allah calls them liars. So if they're liars, that means they're what? Not truthful. Because they're liars. So Allah says, verily, they are liars. They're not truthful. So what part of it? So what part of it shows that what that it doesn't benefit them? Huh? Again, it's a very simple answer. Indeed, they are liars. But what part shows that it doesn't benefit them? Is that they are? Sense that they're hypocrites. They say la illallah. Okay, a person that testifies and says a shahada, wa ahsant. Naam, one of the listeners online, they got, they got it correct. Ahsant. When a person says a shahada, and it benefits him, that person is what? Huh? These are mad simple answers. But sometimes, you know, we, we overcomplicate it. So I'm just reminding you, just keep it simple. When a person says the shahada, and it benefits them, that person is what? Or becomes what? A, a believer. No, when they say the shahada and it benefits them, they become Muslim. They become a believer. But the mere fact that Allah Ta'ala calls these people, what does He call the people in these ayah? Liars, what's the other thing though? Hypocrites. Allah calls them hypocrites. So He calls them hypocrites, shows that what? They're saying the shahada doesn't benefit them. Why? Because they're hypocrites. Sincerely believing in their heart. Right. They don't sincerely believe in their heart because they are liars. And the hypocrites are what? Kufar. So if truthfulness is not there, then the shahada doesn't benefit. What's the proof? This ayah is that you have people that say the shahada, but Allah says they're hypocrites. Allah says they're liars. It don't benefit them because they're not truthful because they're liars. That makes sense? So it has to be, it has to emanate. From a heart that truly believes in it. It has to emanate from a heart that truly believes in it. The Shaykh goes on and he says, A Kadimun. They're liars. They're liars in what they say with their tongues. They don't but they don't believe it in their hearts. They don't believe it in their hearts. So them saying it with their tongue doesn't mean anything. Why? They don't believe it in their hearts. They say with their tongue is a lie. Because why? When a person says something upon his tongue, the person makes a testimony upon his tongue, this gives the apparent you know, uh, impression that they believe in it, that they, that they truly believe in it. But the fact that they're saying something that they don't believe in shows that what, they're liars. Right? They liars, right? <laughs> Correct. It comes off like it, like like it's true, but but they lying. There's no actualization and implementation with exactly. You know, they say it, they tell me they put it in the actions. They put it in the actions, right? The person asks you, faking the front. Yeah, they faking it. They faking the front, right? The person asks you, is you know, like your wife may ask you, is my dress pretty? You say yes. Very pretty, huh? <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I mean, we know it's permissible to do these type of things with the spouse, right? You say yes, it's very pretty. But in but inside, in your heart, you say, "Man, that's the ugliest flower pattern I've ever seen in my life." <laughs> it's pretty. Think I should wear it? No, not this time. We're the other one. Right? Because in your, in, your, in your heart, you're like, man, that thing is ugly. What kind of flowers is that? Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, just, you know that's a good dress to, to clean up in. <laughs> right? We get it, right? they saying something with their tongue, they don't believe in their heart. So this is what? They're lying. Right? So, so yeah, so they're liars. So in order to benefit from the, from, from the kalima of La ilaha illallah, then we, that person has to say and he has to truly believe in what it means. He has to truly believe in what it points to. He has to truly believe in that which is necessitated by it. Which goes back now so we can see the, the interconnection between 
the conditions, it means what he has to know what it means. He has to know what it points to. He has to know uh, 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 what is um, required from it. Right? He has to know what is required from from uh, from the kalima and muqtada, yani, uh, that which is necessitated by it. He has to know these things so that what so that he can come with that which is necessitated by it, so that he can implement or she can implement that with that which it points to, uh, so on and so forth, so that so that they could yani, believe in their heart what it truly means. So it, all of these things are interconnected. So if you bring one by itself, but you don't bring the others, does it count? No. Right? And this is from those intricacies of how it relates to the conditions. Right? These are these are like little, you know, um, little points. I'm throwing out there now, inshallah ta'ala. When you know, when a person studies, goes further on in their studies, they may this may reflect back on this and say, Ah, okay, I see, this is what he was pointing to before, but didn't get into. Right? The establishing of just one of them doesn't necessitate or equate to the establishment or that a person will benefit from la ilaha illallah but they have to establish what all of it and then come with that which is necessitated by it actualize it implement it in order to benefit from it but these conditions are key it's all it's all together because this is something that what you is you got to bring it all you got to bring it all if you want it to count these are the ridges of the key. You gotta have all the ridges there if you want if you want that door to open. So this is very, very, very important, and it's very important that we that we um, you know uh, study this well. And it's, and, it's, and it's important. Uh, and, and, and please, if there's anything that's not clear, please uh, ask uh, uh, for, for further clarity, because I feel, and I could be wrong. Sometimes the verbiage and the wording doesn't necessarily translate for a lot of people, right? Sometimes the, the wording doesn't necessarily translate for a lot of people, and I'm just saying it's based on experience and people that I have uh, encountered over the years and so on and so forth, and the questions that come, right? Because when you start getting into, you know, you have to be certain, and you have to have sincerity, and you have to be truthful, you have to have compliance, and so on and so forth. Those words sound good, right? But there's something just even based upon the language somebody may not get it but what do you mean by compliance what do you mean by sincerity okay sincerity okay and then we have truthfulness okay uh, uh, um, what do you call it uh, uh, acceptance compliance acceptance truthfulness sincerity if you were to ask the common Muslims, when it comes to la ilaha illallah, explain to me the differences between those four, they may have a hard time. Because a lot of times, like I said, the way in which it's presented, it, it doesn't really translate into, okay, how is it connected to this kelima? And that's what we want to try to do. We want to try to understand how is this condition connected to the establishment of this kelima so you understand it correctly. Sincerely, no shirk. Person may say, of course, it's Tawheed. I'm saying the kingdom of Tawheed because I don't intend shirk. But no, sincerely, that you're saying it only for Allah. You're not saying to get married. You're not saying to keep a hold on to your wealth. You're not saying it to you know, you know, stay in power, whatever. You're not saying to show off. You're not saying it to be down. You're not saying it because it's your man and them said it. But you're saying it sincerely. How many people go to jail, right? How many people go to jail and they take shahada? Why they take shahada? Because they want protection. Right? They want protection. That's it. That's their intention. What what points to that? Once they get out. Once they get out, they back, you know, no signs. They violate, get thrown back in jail, what happens? Brothers, I was off, I fell off my dean, man. I get back on my dean, man. Cause why? They want protection. Right? A person in this type of situation, it don't benefit him. Why? Because he just want protection by way of it. He's not saying it. They truly believe it. He's saying it because now back in the situation where I need to be with the Muslims so nobody bother me. So it has to be sincere. And the person has to truly believe in what it points to. But in order to truly believe what it points to, they got to know what it points to. So this necessitates knowledge. 
that a person should take it upon himself and, and make it, you know, his or her concern to learn about it. Because uh, uh, Sheikh Fozan, yeah, he often says, uh, yeah, uh, how, how can you believe in something that you are ignorant about? How can you? That's a profound question. How can you believe in something you don't know about? Quite simply, you can't. It's impossible. It's impossible. You know? And then the Shaykh, he goes on to the, the next condition, which is love. A love that negates hatred. Because again, a person can say, knowing what it means, certain about the meaning, sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, truthful from his heart, but then hate. But then hate what it points to. So then it wasn't it doesn't benefit him. Right? A person says it, he establishes all of the first four conditions, but then he but then he wishes that it was okay for him to pray to Isa. So he has a problem with what it points to. Does it benefit him? No way. Does it benefit him? But inshallah ta'ala, in the next coming class we will get uh, more into that. بهذا القدر وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وجزاكم الله خيرا